0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Top Ten. Going live right now for our $10 and above patrons, I am the outlaw John Roca,
1: And I am uh, Matt Nost. Welcome into another week of movie discussion here on the Top Ten. Why are you grimacing?
0: <sighs> there we go. Just trying, trying to, to get, get your world, world situated?
1: situated. Yeah, 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 trying to get the world situated.
0: Um, yeah, so we're back to have a fun conversation, count down the Top Ten Films of Rafe fines uh who is uh, has the menu coming out this weekend is that correct as we're recording this uh
1: that is well it comes out next weekend well yeah the right. weekend the, after we, this drops exactly yeah, yeah yeah. for the people
0: who are live it comes out next week and for the people who are listening yeah. to this on tuesday it comes out this weekend um so yeah i'm excited to see it the trailers have been good um, I love Anya Taylor-Joy as an actress, so great to see her being a part of this, and Nicholas Holt as well. So, yeah, looks fun. Another weird, unusual film, which Ray Finds loves to do in his uh, repertoire of movies, for
1: sure. And it's nice to see him as the lead in a yes. movie, as yeah. opposed to... I mean, if you go and look at his, his resume, yes. there's, I would say, almost... Over half are he does a small part in a great film, yeah, Mm -hmm. but he keeps like seems to constantly choose. Oh, yeah, I can show up and and be a part of this amazing project, and I only have to devote (laughs) a scant amount of time compared to everybody else. Fantastic, and then I move right along. Uh, -hmm. which which leads to an interesting filmography. I mean, it it runs the board of all kinds of different styles. I mean, yeah, for sure, played in numerous genres uh, at this point. Mm-hmm. um because it's weird when you look at the start of his career you thought it was going to be more day Lewisy. yeah 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 and now 20 some odd years later when you're yeah. looking back on it and be like wow the varied projects that you've uh signed on to over the years is kind of impressive
0: yeah yeah agreed one thousand yeah i mean like from shakespeare to harry potter to lego batman movie to fucking holmes and watson to in bruges, so so many um yeah, it's his Wes Anderson stuff. There's so much, so many things that decorate his resume with some fantastic performances. And also just like he seems to be a guy who doesn't put on air as if he's willing to, you know, be in these kinds of comedies that are out there and weird and uh goofy. And so you kinda of respect someone who doesn't take himself that seriously.
1: Yeah, he I I thought he was gonna be self-important and pompous his entire career yeah uh for lack of better words i never really felt he was pompous but you know what i mean (laughs) yeah the the poshest of posh actors (laughs) is what i thought his trajectory was going to be and now looking at it all these years later it's like now this guy is more than willing to poke fun at himself or take less glamorous roles in service of the the story as a whole the greater good yeah Uh, agreed. and god bless him for it i think it's just a, a sign of confidence and Sure. Uh choosing interesting projects as opposed to choosing things that put him always in the best light and at the forefront. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh,
0: Yeah. Uh Matthew Hasso is here. He says, Hey, 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 what's going on? Live with us. He says, uh, I don't want to go outside and then come back inside and find you hiding in the oven covered. There you go. Good line.
1: Uh
0: there. Um yeah, how are things on your end, Matt? What's going on? What's the what's the update here uh, as we kibitz for the first few minutes here before we get into our well, lists?
1: We do have a Charles' list for the Vegas show. Oh, we do. We finally got that. Yes, let's, let's hear it. Uh, we finally got that. So um, last week we did movie set in Vegas, and that was we submitted did. to us, the topic idea from our patron, Charles Clark, and uh, we didn't get his list by the time we recorded. Uh, right. So we have it this week for you. So here's what he's got. From Charles Clark. It says, hello, Charles Matt Clark. and John. Yo. Sin City is a city that always makes itself larger than life, which makes it a great setting for the big screen. Agreed. Here are my top 10 movies set in the city. At 10, he's got Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh, right after Matt's heart. Okay, go ahead. Uh, at 9, Get Him to the Greek. Oh, yeah. I don't think it was in that much of Vegas, which is why I didn't include it, but that's a good choice. It's a fun movie. That is That Rasty. movie is... Way better than I ever thought it was going to be. Yeah, no doubt. Considering it's an
0: offshoot of Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. It's really surprising how good that movie is, actually. And Elizabeth Moss is kind of funny and awkward and weird in that film as well. Shit, Puff Daddy is good in that Oh, movie. Puff is
1: great in that film. <laughs> It's words I never thought I'd be saying aloud. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. And he made his push after the raisin in the sun. He, like he got into the stage acting. Yeah, he tried to do some of
0: that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Puff is gonna try and get into the acting world. And then he did this and was like, there might be a chance for this guy. <laughs> um yeah. At eight, he's got Rango. Yeah, that's a good choice. Yep. Uh seven swingers. Oh,
0: yeah. Of course. Yeah, of
1: course. Six Bugsy. Yes, one on my list as well. Yeah. Sure. Five oceans eleven. Oh, well, we chose the eleven. Okay. Fair enough. The proper choice of the eleven well, thirteen debate. Some might argue. Yeah. Ah, some some by some you mean one. One might argue. Oh, there are quite a few,
0: but you know, it's okay. We can keep going. and next.
1: Yeah. We're not this, rehashing this, this debate. This are we gonna rehash this debate? This ambiguous. <laughs> uh, a lot of people, a lot of people are saying, all right, Trump. Listen, what Uh, I hear is a lot of people saying Ocean's mm -hmm. 13 is better. Uh, Four, he's got Leaving Las Vegas. Yes, good choice. Three, The Hangover. Yeah. Two, Fright Night. Yes, one that made both our lists. Yep. And uh, his number one was our number one, which was Casino. Yeah, I mean, how can it not be? I mean, how can it not be, for God's sakes? Yeah, you see the underbelly of what that city, the natural evolution from Bugsy.
0: You also see the underbelly Joe Pesci in that movie, for God's sakes. Hello. And it's a tidy whitey's he's being dragged into the grave.
1: <laughs> James Woods' best casting, in my opinion. Oh my god. Oh, how, uh, between that and
0: Hercules, if we yeah. ever did a top 10 James Woods, if we wanted to really appeal to an interesting audience, uh absolutely Hercules in that role would argue or would uh, battle for number one, in my opinion, for sure.
1: Like, <laughs> he needs to play a prick. That's that's what he's he good needs at it. to play. He's, he's
0: phenomenal got that, at it. He's got that sneer and the bug eyes and yeah. the condescending kind of a shaking of the head
1: approach to things. He's at playing a prick. Yeah, they always say that the the guys that play villains are the nicest people. Like they're know. nothing like those characters that they play. <laughs> Jimmy Woods has always seemed like he tapped into the essence of himself yes, when he yes. plays these pricks. I don't know the man. Never met him. Never talked to him.
0: <laughs> no, he never did a, he never wasn't at the comedy store. Or now, yeah. Never, never met him. <laughs> don't know anything about him.
1: That one seems very like he didn't have to yeah. stretch himself too far. Yeah. Like uh, uh, the hard way that seems very much. Oh Jimmy yeah. Woods yeah right.
0: That's yeah. Cantankerous. Bothered by everything. Doesn't yep. want to work with America's sweetheart, Michael J. Fox. Nope. It just works. It just, yeah, you're absolutely right. That makes a lot of sense. He would be yeah, good in that. Yeah, like right. he's a massive prick in Once Upon a Time in America. Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah. There is. I mean, you can do 10 with him. We could absolutely Oh, I yeah, know. He
1: had a run yeah. where, like, he was an exceedingly in-demand actor and doing no. great projects.
0: I mean, him and Nixon, he was good as Alderman and Nixon. Whether you like the movie or not, he was good in it. Yeah, there's a lot. Any given Sunday, right? Played to the bone.
1: What, is he the doctor that uh, that Matthew Modine takes over for him?
0: Yeah. But back in the 80s, that's where you really... I mean, because you got Videodrome. You got Salvador, which a lot of people... like. Against all odds, as I said, once upon a time in America. Um, Bestseller, which some people really liked. The Boost, which I personally liked. FX. And then Mm -hmm. that Robert Downey Jr. one, True Believer, where he's like a crusading liberal attorney, if you can believe it, uh, in that film. And he goes up against Kurtwood Smith. So Dick versus Dick. You know, it's great.
1: Yeah, but Kurtwood, there's always like this twinkle in the eyes. I
0: think once he did the 70s show, people were like, okay, he's not really like that.
1: Yeah, agreed. If we're just going on the previous. and
0: Dead Poets, dude, that's a one-two punch of like, fuck
1: this guy. Uh, yeah, he's like the second best thing in my opinion in Dead Poets. What's it's oh Yeah, I guess Robin. Robin. Yeah, I'd love if you were like no Josh Charles, absolutely number one hundred uh, yeah, <laughs> percent. Robert Sean
0: Leonard, that's my guy.
1: Uh, yeah, I wish I liked that movie because it's got an incredible cast.
0: Yeah, yeah, I heard he was a prick though, Robert Sean Leonard. I heard that from a few people. And really he kind, of, he kind of admitted it later in interviews. He was like, yeah, I was pretty hung up on myself and cocky about being an actor. And I kind of looked down on movies because I was a theater actor. And he said, "And you know, I quickly learned, you know, how tough that is to make it in the movie business and stay successful in the movie. Because I'm sure he watches Ethan Hawke and he's like, this motherfucker is still doing it. Or Josh Charles, who's been on successful TV series for quite some time. So and he was damn good in uh, We Own the City. Oh my God, Josh Charles was fucking excellent in that in that show. So,
1: uh, yeah. did you see the new John Wick trailer?
0: I did. I watched it this morning. It was actually we were out of the house because there was some stuff going on in the house. So I reacted to it in my car outside the Starbucks. I was like, "Fuck it, I'll give it a shot, see what this looks like." But yeah, I mean, the trailer was badass. What'd you think about it? Eh. What? What? Ham- you had Donnie Yen? Hiroyoku Sonata? And fucking Scar's the going thing to be the main villain?
1: I am... I am not saying I think the movie's not going to be good. I am reserving okay. all judgment because they've proven they can make a really good action film in this Two? franchise. Yeah. Two. Right. Two out of three ain't bad. No, it isn't. And especially the third one. After, after two, coming back with three and just crushing it? Yeah. He's like, okay, I, I, I'm fine with it. But yeah, I thought, you know, it's, it's, it's all right. I what, wasn't what, like blown away or anything. Great settings, what, I mean, but. They're going all over the world. It looks yeah. like they really
0: sank money into this one. Like it's high production value from the look of it. The fight sequences look pretty bad. I mean, what the fuck is he doing shooting people in the desert on a camel?
1: Sure, that looked good, but I mean that was basically like, okay, we had a motorcycle scene in the last one. How do we do the motorcycle scene? Let's do it in the desert Let's and it like, it. get get me the camels. Yeah, get some. I I don't know. This is just a snap reaction. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Uh, but the, all over the world reminds me of two, and that's where I'm like, the- oh.
0: Yeah, a a Uh, European guy being the main villain reminds you of, too. Yeah, Yeah, I can understand that.
1: Yeah, I I like the smaller contained setting where he's just running around one city having to deal with hundreds of assassins trying to chase him down.
0: Yeah, but I mean, Uh, that gets gets to be a problem, too, because then they go, well, they can't seem to break out of telling the small stories. You can't win. You can't win. True, true. Yeah. I mean, Guy Ritchie. Every time he does a gangster film, was oh there he goes again, and it's he can't win no matter what he does in between, he can't fucking win, man.
1: Yeah, well, you know it's the the price of being successful, I guess. Yeah, no shit. I'll t- I'll pay that price. Hundred percent. You get compared to your previous successes, and then you need to live up to to those. Uh, yeah. It's a you know, the burden of success. It's a, unfortunate. But at the same time, I'm holding out hope. Yeah. That it's awesome, and that's my expectation yeah, right now. Too. I yeah, just because I didn't get wild by the trailer, but at the same time, I off I don't often watch trailers. It just happened you to don't. be on Twitter, and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll watch this because it's not going to spoil anything. That's why I don't care if I see that trailer. Right, right. Have, like, have you okay. seen anything
0: that you liked? Any trailer that you liked? The Glass Onion came out. There was the Devotion trailer with the Korean stuff, the Korean War with uh, Jonathan Majors and Glenn Powell. Ah, uh, the whale had a one-minute trailer with Brendan Fraser. Uh, Did you see didn't watch there? that
1: because I okay. I just want to see that, so I don't want to watch the trailer. Gotcha. That's so weird to me. That's so weird to me. Why? Why? I want to I want to walk in with zero expectations. Yeah, I don't want no to I'm
0: just saying it's weird because I have always, since I can remember, wanted to watch trailers and even on the DVDs when I would buy them, I would watch the trailers for the films that I'd only ever seen as films and never knew there were trailers for those films, like the classics, the old ones. So watching those trailers when they're on DVDs, just to see how they
1: cut it and pitch it, and whatever. But I, I'm not I think judging; I'm just saying it's so weird to me. You know, we're different grades of junkies. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take, yeah, you'll take whatever kick comes your way. You're like, hey, wait, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, whoa, get know. that in there, get that in the veins. I don't care how stepped on that is. Let's go. Whereas I'm like, you know what? I I can well, wait a couple extra minutes. A high end junkie,
0: you would say. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I don't know how many high end junkies. Unless you're saying I'm Keith Richards and I just have all the money, so I can yeah, afford the right. best stuff.
0: Just sitting around with the best stuff.
1: Check your man. Make sure it's
0: good. Fucking Keith. Um, uh, what's the deal? Yeah, here. Uh, good to see Drew ends in here as well. Um, what are we gonna do? Uh, what are we doing here in the in the world of uh, basketball here? Matt knows. Uh, what's gonna go on with Brooklyn,
1: man? Do you think Kyrie? What an right? open ended question. <laughs> I, I, I who knows? Jacques Vaughn was officially made coach, and they seem responding. You? Udoka was supposedly in the running here. It's, was it rumored to be in the running. It, it was beyond rumored. It was yeah, true, true. Hey, officially, Udoka is going to get hired, and the backlash was so strong. But reports are now yeah that uh, <clears throat> Udoka met with all the top Nets brass yeah twenty four to forty eight hours before Nash got fired. Oh shit! So is yes. that? That's Is the that rumor from me? the people tapped into the team that he met with them, started okay. devising the strategies he felt the team needed and stuff like that and talking right. to the brass. Right. And then they felt the public backlash was too severe. Wow. So they elected to elevate Jacques from interim to full-time coach.
0: I think it's a smart move, man. I think
1: yeah, they smart. don't need more controversy in their lives. You don't need more drama. You're going to you barely don't. survive the Kyrie drama. Plus – Plus, Ime is a defense first coach, and the Nets don't have defensive personnel. So I don't know exactly what his game plan was going to be.
0: Well, they have Simmons, but they don't have, but like, you got to build Simmons' confidence up first.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And KD will play defense, but you can't expect him to score 35 a night plus play top tier defense at the age of what is he, 34? Yeah. That's That's a big ask. Yeah. So, yeah, no enough. interior presence. So they're going to get murdered on the boards pretty consistently. With yeah. Any team with any kind of bigs. And it's just like hey, Udoka's is a good coach. I just don't know if he's the best fit for what you guys, the personnel you have, unless he's willing to, you know, be malleable.
0: I think if it doesn't work out in Memphis, Memphis could be a really interesting place for him to land.
1: Oh, they like their coach. They're doing great.
0: They do love him, man. You're right. I don't know. could be weird. I mean, like, what's out there for that
1: guy? I don't know what's out there. Right, we'll see in a couple of years. I mean... Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? How? Let's see what the fallout from the investigation and all that is uh, first. Is and Thibodeau then still determine. coaching the Knicks? Yeah. Yeah. He could take over for Thibodeau. Uh, I mean, if you want to go coaching tree, he was with the Spurs for a while. Pop oh. is probably... Not going to be coaching forever. Yeah, I don't know if San Antonio would risk that kind of backlash. No. But at the same time, what does San Antonio have to lose? Yeah. If it comes... Yeah. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? Are you
0: shocked by the Golden State Warriors starting out at 4-7? and seven?
1: Um. Yes and no. <laughs> Why no? Why no? Well, there's going to be some post- championship okay. hangover a little bit right you played late in the season you're probably going to come in but to start zero and six on the road it's the first championship team that's ever done that right and outside of Steph everybody else is up and down a little bit Yeah, yeah, yeah. um James Wiseman hasn't made the progress that you would anticipate. Granted, he still has limited games, but there are moments where it's just like, "I, I you look so lost out there," yeah. and they really need him to step up to play uh, big minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, Jordan pulls down a little bit. He got the bag, and you know, not exactly playing all that. I think the bigger surprise is the fact that Utah, yeah, has the, I think by percentage. The third best pers- winning percentage, but mm. number one in the West, 10 and three. And Danny Ainge has to be shitting himself, going, Guys, this was not the plan. <laughs> this was not the plan. It's great. I'm so happy we're playing well. This is not what we wanted. <coughs> what are you doing? Yeah, yeah exactly. We have Wimbenyama out there and Scoot, but Wimbenyama fucking lose. So we'll see if this keeps up, but. Oh. I would imagine Jordan Clarkson and Mike Conley are not long for this, you know, yeah. jazz world. They'll hold on to marketing and THT, I would guess, and then they'll they'll make yeah. some other moves on the if they want to tank this. But I don't understand why they wouldn't. I mean, you're ten and three, man. I mean, you might as well fucking write it out. Why? I mean, because like, can you win a championship with this team? No, I but don't I don't mean, think so. But
0: if you think you're gonna. Tank without making it obvious? I don't know how you tank a 10 and 3 team without making it seem really obvious.
1: What what are the punitive damages if they do re- make it really obvious? Nothing this season, yeah. so it really won't hurt them. Yeah. All right. Could there so, be repercussions going forward for them? Yeah. yeah. But they could still end up with Wim and Yama. Yeah, but what if the- you what if you trade everybody and then you
0: tank, you fall all the way, and then you don't even get the number one pick? Then you've pissed away the possibility of being relevant. At least as a playoff team and making that money for the next couple of years, chasing a guy that you didn't even get—I don't know—it's a crazy.
1: You still have all Minnesota's picks, it. and they look in disarray. Oh, look like you it look like a middling team. You got all the Cavs picks, even though the Cavs look good. Yeah, you've got picks for days.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Never mind. You
1: can do the big swing if there's a disgruntled star out there, and you can trade Kevin Durant. Yeah. You know, yeah. Whoever it is, but the James Harden esque when he went to Houston kind of trade, where it's oh, like, right. "We'll give you a whole bunch of picks and we'll take that guy off your hands." Uh they'll still have options. KD in Utah would be interesting. I kind of KD would scene. hate being in Utah. Yeah, well, as a black man in the,
0: in Utah, yeah, that might be tough for KD.
1: I wouldn't even say uh, <laughs> that. I would just. Uh, it seems like he wants to be in large markets after having been in Oklahoma City for so long. Yeah, but what's left? He's not going to the Knicks. Who knows? Who knows? He still yeah. got three years after this one on his contract, so yeah, don't know that he has any kind of leverage.
0: He wants in on some kind of purchase of the of the Commanders too. I was like, said, you know what? Stay away. Just you know, nobody should buy the Commanders' as a fucking player. RG three said that to us. I, I can find four hundred million dollars. Get, get out of here. And none of you all should be owning the damn team. Let's get a, a person with a lot of money, not someone who's struggling to scrounge the money up. Uh, you know, that's not a recipe for for buying a team for god's sakes
1: <laughs> look i think you should just do everything you can to get rid of daniel Snyder, come hell or high water i don't really care who the ownership group is so you can say
0: that because you're not a bear you know a commanders fan i i i I'm, 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 i worry about the ownership because i do want him out don't get me wrong but i don't want him out to replace him with another facsimile another same kind of owner it's got to be someone who really cares about the city cares about what they what you know, change the commander's whole entire perception. Because, I mean, like, they just filed charges against the commanders today
1: in Virginia. Yeah, I haven't read that ar- the uh, article yet, but I saw it on the Washington Post. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, it, and they are going after them. Um, uh, was it for colluding to deceive fans and the district residents about the league's investigation into the team's talk- toxic workplace culture and allegations of sexual assault? The team responded yesterday when the rumor broke that that the uh, AG was going to file these charges and tried to rope in Brian Robinson's um, carjacking and shooting into their reasoning. They said, on the heels of us receiving Brian Robinson back onto the team after he was attacked and the crime going crazy in the city he is a victim of, the AG wants to waste his time on the commanders and also, and and people went ape shit on that. Of course they fan. did. It's the stupid. It's so ugly to use someone else's trump. His own agent came out and tweeted and said, "Fuck you guys for doing this." So it's just so stupid they, he just call, he's just a colossal fuck to it. Snyder and keeps stepping in bags of shit all the time with his decisions and yeah. his, ugh,
1: God, that's what he does. That's what he, he's always been a shit heel. <laughs> he has been.
0: Speaking of Peshing Casino, anyway.
1: All right. Um,
0: well, we should get into the list now. We've commenced for long enough, Matt. 23 minutes. Let's get into this thing. Paul, Paul Cree joining us from Britain there. Hello, Paul. How are you, Hammers? How are you, bud? How are you, West Ham Hammers? Matt's a bandwagon team.
1: Uh, the Bandwagon? How still, dare you? Still at the top of the table. Do you want to see my Arsenal tattoo? Oh, I only have yeah. one tattoo. I would love to see your Arsenal tattoo. <laughs> I feel like Not you a problem. Spell it. <laughs> I put it on my crank. So the cannon oh, was right nice. down the side.
0: There, it, is. there Dude, is. it hurt,
1: but it's worth it, man. True blue fan <laughs> right here.
0: Another a glass right there from that nose. Uh, no, it's crazy up there, man. It's just two points between the uh, Arsenal and Man City. Newcastle is up there shaking some shit up. I don't think uh, Tottenham's going to stay up there for too much longer. Yeah, I agree. Chelsea and Liverpool still kind of seven points out. We really don't have a chance,
1: but you know, We'll see. You're deluding yourself. It's not. I'm not.
0: I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I, but but we have made up bigger differences in point totals before. I just don't know if people are going to come back and not get injured after the World Cup because we're going to get Diaz back and Jota back and and maybe we'll do some moves in the too little, too late, my friend. <laughs> you know too what? Little, you too have late. No idea what you're fucking
1: talking. About. I have. How dare you? this guy. Do you want me to pull it out give you the arsenal salute? Sure, please do. <laughs> Hey-o. You salute it if it comes out. That's true.
0: Uh, But yeah, World Cup's around the corner. I uh, I have uh, started my own sports channel on YouTube. We've moved game time off uh, the Atla Nation channel. It's now we have a game time sports channel on YouTube because I want to cover the World Cup and cover other things uh, on there. Um So yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to the World Cup, which is literally just weeks away. Um, Yep. it's going to be exciting Uh, if we get out of the group, the US, it'll be a miracle. Um, And then after that, I think all it's just cherry uh, icing on the cake rather. So we'll see. Are you going to watch any more stuff? Probably not. Uh,
1: Yeah, already making plans for the 25th when we take on England. (laughs) What this guy? I am. I'm gonna watch I World Cup is fantastic. That you pay attention to. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. gotcha. That and Arsenal. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. I watch as much. Uh guitar, that is gonna be difficult to watch because it's just just yeah. that will pop into my head as I'm watching.
0: Qatar should have, uh, uh, it's, yeah, it's an, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. That's going to yeah. be on the twentieth. That's how it starts on. Yeah, we're what nine days, what, what ten days away? I guess we're ten days away from it starting. So yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I watch and try and watch as many games. Very interesting. As I can.
0: Yeah, we play on the twenty-first, right? Wales. That's our first game is Wales, and then, like you said, we play England on the twenty-fifth. And then we play Iran, I think, as our last game in the group. Is that Iran? That was the last game in the group?
1: I think it is. I haven't looked at our grouping yeah. since it's it was announced. announced. I just know that we're playing England on the 25th.
0: Speaking of England, Ray Fines, top 10 Ray Fines movies. Let's do it. Nice segue. Uh, Matt Nost, how does this show work, my man?
1: Uh, we set a topic, go our personal ways, and create individual lists. Show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top ten list, we create the shows between the two of us. That's good. All right. Uh, let's get it on. What you got a ten? Um. So a ton of different choices. Okay. Yes. Because it, like we alluded to earlier, he takes smaller parts in so many different movies. yeah, yeah. Um, and then he's done quite a few different, anyway, so I'm just going to get into it. Uh, at 10, it's not going to be on your list, but, uh, hail Caesar. Oof! yeah. No, go ahead. He is mm-hmm. probably my favorite part of it. Wow. That's a strong statement. What just what him as you- a director. Yeah. Trying to work with, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, the guy that plays Solo, yeah, on Solo, um, God, son of a gun, I can't remember his name, Alden Ehrenreich, maybe something yeah. along those lines. I wanted to say Ansel Egelhort, Eggel, but I was like, <laughs> that's not right.
0: That even that's not right for Ansel Elgort.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I was like, well, that's not right. Um, yeah, Alden But the and back and forth Eggelhort. between the two of them, the it would uh, I would that it were. And just having him to go over the annunciation and in, in Rafe is playing a director, yeah. And the actor gets foisted upon him. It's it's part of the studio system at that point within yeah. Hollywood. So he has no real choice as to who gets cast in this role because they so want this guy to be successful. Yeah, they they. And he's been yeah. huge in westerns. Yeah, he's a rising star. We want to try and get him into other things and see if we can create a, a you know. A Cary Grant, a Jimmy Stewart, yeah. a, some somebody that's cross appeal across you know uh, various yeah. genres.
0: And make some money off them, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: uh, hopefully pull in some of his audience into this, and we just make more money overall. True. So, seeing Fines not let his frustration boil over as he's mm-hmm. trying to get this actor who should never be in his movie, yeah, to work in these scenes and. You can see it, like kind of bubbling up underneath, but he's doing his mm-hmm. best to stay calm and just that going over the line over and over and over again. He's just trying to get the enunciation just right. That's that killed me in the theater. I love those scenes. There are a couple other small scenes that I thoroughly like. George Clooney with all the communists. Oh,
0: that's a great scene with all the yeah. writers there. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah.
1: A- when he's easily getting swayed into collectivism and whatnot. Yeah, just looking around, be like, oh, it makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Didn't take much uh, in the way of argument for him to be uh, swayed. He's so good at playing those kinds of characters. Um, There's a whole lot of other in the movie where I'm like, I don't understand this. Oh, yeah. Everything with Channing Tatum makes
0: no sense. Everything
1: everything with Channing Tatum. Yeah, and the Scarlet stuff's a little weird. The Scarlet stuff is, it's nice that you're doing an homage to those types of films from that era in Hollywood. But at the same time, it's like, I don't understand what this does to the storytelling but yeah, I don't know I feel like that movie is still lost on me and yet everything else the Coens have done I've been a fan of
0: I feel like they're in the what do you call it the Ridley Scott area of their career now where it's like hit or miss it really is like one way or another because I didn't like yeah I didn't like um Hail Caesar and what was the most re- and I, it was the most recent one they did together because I know Tragedy of Macbeth was good, but that wasn't them together.
1: What are you thinking of, Buster Scruggs? Oh yeah,
0: Buster Scruggs. I, I, you know, and you know, I love westerns clearly, and I, I just, I thought that was like uneven. I thought there was some good.
1: Well, wasn't it originally supposed to be like a, a TV series that was all? They were all like half hour or one hour episodes yeah. or something, and they yeah, eventually yeah, just maybe. cobbled together, and made it a movie.
0: Yeah, I guess so. And that's what it felt like to
1: me, cobbled together. As opposed
0: to Connective. And I didn't like Inside and Davis, even though I thought the performances...
1: Yeah, I didn't care for that movie.
0: Yeah, from Oscar Isaac and Carey Mulligan. Even J, uh, Timberlake, JT, was was all right in the movie. But the overall point of the movie was, what the fu- oh, fuck do I care? I don't care. And when he got to that meeting with F. Murray, I was like, yeah, I, all of this for that? Like, yeah. it just didn't make any fucking sense to me on so many levels.
1: Um, so, yeah. yeah, I don't even kind of consider that part of the Coens, even though it is yeah whereas hail caesar i'm like you know what i need to give that another chance i, yeah, you I feel like hope. i'm missing yeah <laughs> whereas inside lewin davis was like no nah, i get it i I find him an, an utterly unlikable character yeah 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 he is so why am i gonna ca- you know pay yeah. attention and tune in whereas oh, hail caesar place. i'm like god what am i missing they're trying to tell me something But even if I don't go back and watch the whole thing again, I will happily go back and watch Ray Fiennes' scenes in it.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair point.
1: So, and given there's a multitude of small parts, and there's going to be a couple that you have of excellent movies, and there's small parts, and, like, I I just, to kind of spread the love around a little bit. Fair enough, fair enough. So what's your nine? Uh, My nine is, um, I didn't know which to choose, so I went with Skyfall.
0: (laughs) the skyfall. Okay, go ahead, man. Didn't put it on your list. I did not. Been not. skyfall. I was close, but it's because Judy is still very much prevalent. It is very true. Spectre and no time to die. But inspector. That's really his mediest role as M or the new M. But that movie isn't for a lot of people. Isn't that great? I like it, but it didn't feel like I could legitimize putting it on the list for that reason. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: But go ahead, yeah, I Skyfall is great. Yeah. I thought Spectre was just okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was between Skyfall and No Time to Die. Right. And I agree with you. Judy Dench does have a large part. And then he comes in at the very end. Mallory, and you're kind yeah. of setting up the character. So really this is kind of a hey, you're an important piece of numerous movies that I vary in degree from loving to yeah. I enjoy. Um, which is Spectre on that, ske- you know, yeah. on that, spe- on that spectrum. Um, Spectre on the spectrum. I like it. Yeah, yeah that's uh, I stumbled over that. <laughs> so while I agree with you, the part is teeny tiny. It's just like, well, I, I want to recognize the fact that this isn't an easy role to step into, especially yeah. after Judy Dench has really made it her own. Yeah, and yeah. to take over the reins for uh somebody that's kind of a reinterpretation of the character and. I like the direction the franchise was going there, Yeah. and then to replace her with someone. Well, who can possibly do that and still have the same uh, gravity and weight in the scenes that you immediately give them the respect that they probably rightly deserve? Yeah. Um, so you get Ray Fiennes to sign on, which is amazing casting. Good for you. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of just a, like a tip of the hat to all of them but i can't put all of them on the list yeah yeah i have a problem with another series like that later on
0: oh interesting okay yeah um
1: <clears throat> so yeah <throat> i elected to say you know what i'm going to choose skyfall but this is really for several I said, movies
0: that. oh yeah fair point yeah 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 he's great i love him as mallory and like i said the thing he did in uh inspector i i like him a lot inspector and the back and forth he has with um the actor who plays Moriarty and Sherlock, uh, who plays C in the movie, they're back and forth and um, you know constant uh, bickering between each other until we get to that climax between their situation and what happens in the intelligence building. But he's great, you know what I'm saying? And um, in the in the third one, it's much more where he's out in the field more. Bond mm-hmm. is and Rami Malek and all of that, so he doesn't have as much of a role to play in that. But yeah, you're right. I mean, his energy throughout those last three films. Um, in the Bond series, have been great. You know, I, I like I love Ray Fiennes for as he's kind of moving into this older stage of his career, he brings a kind of weight to any project that he's in. If it's a serious project, that um, you know, you can't resist. So, yeah. well, what's your eight? <clears throat> uh,
1: my eight is in Bruges. That's my eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, small part,
0: <laughs> but it's a great part.
1: A great, great part. part. Yeah. When He freaks out on the phone. Oh my god, about how amazing Bruges is. Which Bruges, from, from an American perspective, I love the name of it. Yeah, but then to get a kind of uh boots on the ground view of what Bruges is to people that have been to Bruges and whatnot, you know, it sounds like Williamsburg or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, yeah, it's quaint and enjoyable. I don't know what else I want uh, beyond that. Like, it's not like it's some amazing tourist destination. Yeah. And to see him freak out about how magical it is, because he went there as a kid and just enjoyed it so much and just destroys that phone. But playing completely against what we all assume him to be, some posh individual. And he is yeah. so cockneyed, this rough and tumble you know, bruiser that you buy into. Oh, yeah. I, I fully believe that he is this bluest of blue collar gangsters. Um, and then, you know, to bring him in as a contrast to the sensitive nature of Colin Farrell. Yeah. And yeah, Brendan yeah. Gleeson, as they're trying to deal with their shit, especially Colin. Yeah. And he is just this hammer and the entire world are nails. And that's how, just how he views every problem. Yeah. Uh, but it's under his order about Colin Farrell's situation where it ends up and what transpires. Right. Uh, But yeah, the, I mean, they used that scene in the trailer. I remember that. And it was still just as effective in the movie overall with him banging on the phone and just flipping the fuck out. It's still just good. And I can remember it to this day. And it's been a few years since I've seen the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I put in Bruges at my eight.
0: Yeah, like uh, for everything you said, absolutely. and for the unusual nature of how his character takes everything into his own hands, uh, for that finale of the movie, you know, when he actually goes after them and how it all leads to the back and forth with him and Brendan Gleason because clearly they have known each other for a long time in this business and probably came up together and this guy just kind of went past him. Uh, into the position that he's in. So these these kind of familiar back and forths, I think are so great for the character because he can easily just be this, you know, um, interesting, unusual, out there character. But the fact that you actually see these more human connections, like with his family, with his wife and the cussing and all of that. And then when he sees and runs into uh, Brendan and has the back and forth with him, it's great stuff to balance all the the emotional or the angry emotional moments that are hilarious. It's, but but still chilling. Mm -hmm. Um, It's great to see uh, him have a more, more human stuff. You almost feel like, if he could just, if he could, which is a great, which is the mark of a great actor. It's he's showing the high wire he's on. And you're like, if you could just turn around and understand where they're coming from, it'll be okay. And no one has to die but you're already on the path that you're going and you're not going to pull yourself off. So
1: he does a great yeah, job. He made a decision and basically to him, it's, it's a black and white issue. Yeah. It's clear. It's clear. To it's me. clear yeah. as much as he understands the conflict, especially yes. that Brendan is going through. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't care because just like now nah, we have rules. Yeah. We all know what the rules are and you know that I'm right. Mm. So you need to take care of this because he broke the fucking rules. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Brendan is conflicted about it.
0: Right. And and makes good reason. Yeah. It makes good reasons for why. Um,
1: Okay. So that's our eights.
0: Uh, My number 10 is uh, strange days. Okay. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. This one is very interesting film. I mean, Angela Bassett for the love of God, I just saw Wakanda forever. And she looks the same as she did in this movie back in the nineties for the love of God, whatever she's doing, she should tell everybody about it and bottle it for the love of God. Anyway, this film is so such an interesting film. I think Catherine Bigelow directed this one as well. Um, and mm-hmm. it's at that time that. when we were dealing with technology and what that meant. And um, this film has kind of a cousin in, was a Brainstorm and Dreamscape, the Dennis Quaid one, and Brainstorm being the Natalie Wood, uh, Christopher Walken, where you put on this thing on your head and you can go into the world. Uh, Peripheral that's out now on... Prime video with Chloe Grace Moretz has connections to this kind of concept as well. Where you dude. put this thing on and yeah, what's up?
1: That small town has the hottest population <laughs> you're ever gonna find. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Five minutes in when she turns around and sees that cop, and you're like, yeah, get, yeah. The <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. I turned to Catherine because we watched it. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. I, it's basically what I said. I was like, dude, how many hot people? <laughs> live in a town of 400
0: yeah yeah it's uh you're not wrong, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're not her, wrong. her brother
1: is an yeah. attractive dude and all these people in the tech are really hot Would you're like yeah the whole <laughs> yeah, fucking, everybody they're pump, bumping into i couldn't get past the first the pilot i haven't watched another one since. oh really
0: oh okay oh, is
1: okay. it any good yeah i like it i'm three
0: deep in but i like her dude and i kind of it's weird i kind of champion her because uh, yeah i feel like she's one of those ones that kind of has gotten lost in the mix of all these ingenues that came out around the same sure. time and i think she's a little more sensitive than most of them and maybe why she got lost in the mix you know she the interview she talked about that meme about her in the simpsons they were like making fun of her for her kind of box shape of her body and she said for her it just kind of destroyed her emotionally so you kind of understand that as an actress but i i think she's come along really well as an actress i like her talent and this story is supposedly really good my friend's a big william gibson fan and he told me he's like dude you gotta fucking watch this series you don't don't read the book if you don't want to but like watch the series i'm like all right and i'm enjoying it so far but your criticism is a hundred percent on yeah. point well
1: know? that in that first episode a lot happens <laughs> yeah yeah it's like they pack in just like yeah. what the f- okay <laughs> So there's a lot to digest here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we just watched it like a handful of days ago. Yeah. So it's not like I'm out on the series. Just like that was, that was a lot. Plus the crown yeah. just came back. And yeah. Oh dude, please. That's my Saturday. Please.
0: Anyway, strange days, great stuff. Really enjoy his performance. It's like people still getting to know Ray Fiennes as an actor in, in America. And, I liked the his American accent, a little like Stephen Strange in the first Dr. Strange movie where it's kind of, uh, know, it it's, he
1: always hard? does a pretty bad American accent. Yeah, you're right. You're,
0: you're not wrong there. Um, uh, but him and Angela Bassett having an interesting uh, relationship here and Tom Sizemore and then Juliette Lewis and getting, you know, what's going on, how he's being corrupted, how this thing is being corrupted. Um, you know, futuristic film is being corrupted to uh, manipulate people to do these crimes and get into these situations and, um, you know it's pretty horrific too because he ha- he kind of locks into the program and the file of the guy because they're trying to track down this person who is abusing the technology and recording himself sexually assaulting women or killing people. Um, and so people are putting on and reliving the visceral experience of it. Um, mm-hmm. and so he has to kind of put it on and relive the visceral experience of his girlfriend Juliet Lewis being assaulted and, and beat up and whatever. And so he's got to confront that. So it's, it's a, I think it's an interesting film. It wasn't, it wasn't great, but I think his performance is good enough to warrant being on my list um for me. So
1: fair enough. Yeah.
0: Uh, my number nine is the Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part two. That's my favorite performance of his as Voldemort, since he shows up in goblet of, from when he shows up in goblet of fire. To the end of the series, I think he has more to do with Deathly Hollows Part Two. There's, it, you, you, it, he's less of a, how can I, less of well, an easily beat villain until the end, huh? Why don't we oh, punt? punt? Oh, sorry, yeah. it's punt. Okay, I will we'll punt. Uh, sorry, I didn't hear you. My apologies. All right, so I, I didn't you. say it. You just, uh, I didn't want to interrupt. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, let's get to your seven. What's your seven?
1: Uh, my seven is a red dragon. That's my seven. Son of a bitch. All right. Do you see? <laughs> Uh, a really good addition to this series i mean there's you know uh manhunter before yes
0: the original watch
1: yeah yeah you can watch the the same film yeah um well there are aspects of it like uh william peterson's version of the same character that ed norton is doing yes Uh, I enjoy that thoroughly, but I like the addition of Ray Fiennes as the Red Dragon. Yeah. Um, And he plays the anguish so well of this person that's that's kind of, I don't want to say torn, because he is definitely... He's tortured, if nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He is, well, I was just saying, torn in that, like, he wants the to some degree, the civility of a normal life Yeah, um, as he starts to to get romantically entangled with his co-worker. But yeah, with
0: Emily Watson. Yeah.
1: yeah he, you can tell that that kind of normalcy and the affection and love of another individual is something that he does crave and he responds to mm-hmm. her affection. Uh, but then simultaneously, in the midst of all of that, he is still this feels that he's transforming into mm-hmm. uh, you know wrath yeah. or whatever
0: yeah
1: yeah the red Dragon, about whatever that means to him specifically yeah revenge yeah. retribution mankind's come up and uh, evolutionarily the moral compass of what we should be I don't know entirely the motivations hmm. um, but he I mean he plays a mean serial killer
0: yeah, you're 100% right. He's a guy, I think it's uh, Francis Dollarhide is the name of the character, and he's he's the guy who, he. You, you're right, he, he clearly was not loved as a child or cared about as a child, and he's grown into this really uh, psychopathic individual who has deluded himself into believing he is this thing that is the second coming of um, this demon that is going to enact justice on people for the perceived sins or their perceived sins in his mind and you're right i think that's the great balance of the film having emily watson there she's blind um you know the scene where they're holding where they're touching the tiger or whatever Mm -hmm. and he seems to be a nice guy to everybody who knows him like a quiet introverted guy to everybody knows him but when he be when he embraces becoming this thing that, that scene and the as you're, as you were saying, he's screaming there in the first line. That scene when he's in the um, attic and he's showing himself to Philip Seymour Hoffman and all, it is chilling, man. Yeah, super. He's chilling. projected
1: the image that he's tattooed on yeah. the back, but it's up on the screen. Then Seymour Hoffman doesn't want to look. Yeah, <laughs> just sitting there because he's glued to that chair. Does he knows like, he's gonna die if he looks. He, he exactly. He doesn't want to. If I can't, you know, identify you. Yeah. Yeah. It puts me out of uh, less danger, <laughs> or, or keeps me in a, a state of less danger. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: you know the guy who yeah. played him in the first movie uh, is in heat. He's the dude in the wheelchair who talking about. He's like talking. About, yeah, like, it's
1: one of those that guys.
0: Yeah, Tom Noonan. He's such a good actor. Um, but yeah, yeah. yeah Brett a, Radner
1: actually made a good movie.
0: Yeah, I know. This is one of those uh, ones that you were really surprised that it was Brett Radner who directed
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, because Norton's good in it. Keitel, Leslie, uh, no, not, uh, Mary Louise Parker, um, blah, 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 blah. Emily Watson, we already said that. Yeah, yeah, they're all really, really good uh, throughout the whole movie. And so it, it, it's not as good as *Silence of the Lambs*, but I, I think of all of them, it's my second favorite. Yes, to *Silence that, of the Lambs*. That and *Manhunter*.
1: I would probably oh, well, if it's we ahead include *Manhunter*. Sure. I, yeah, it's still in the same universe. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. But then once we get in anything beyond that, the Hannibals, the whatever. Yeah. 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 It's a lackluster to say the very least. Do you like Cox's
0: Hannibal, Brian Cox's Hannibal in Manhunter?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I do too. Well, he's a good job. Um. Okay. So, blah, 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 blah. Where are we next? Uh, your six?
1: Uh, my six, which is uh, the Prince of Egypt. Ooh, it's a
0: slight punt.
1: Okay. Fair okay. enough.
0: My six is Quiz Show.
1: Uh, that is a punt.
0: Oh, cool. All right. Well, Matt. I think we've hit the halfway point here
1: uh, that we have. So we are going to take a break Hear This word from our sponsor and be right back after this. All righty. There we are. Yeah. We're jumping into our top fives. Mm-hmm. So at five, I have the constant gardener. Ooh, that's my four. Yeah, let's do it. Um, It's a, so it's him and, and Rachel Weiss mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're trying to hunt down a the information on basically a pharmaceutical company yeah. that has gone awry of its edict. It is yeah. in its rushed to test a drug and whatnot. It's killed people, and now they're yeah. trying to cover it up. And Vice uncovers it first and then is killed by forces we don't know about yet yeah and then in, it is the rest of the movie is fines trying to uncover what was going on with his wife yeah. and, and then how that ties into the pharmaceutical co- company itself but i think the more poignant scenes are when he is reflecting back on her yes. and yeah the the love that they have because that gets called into question at various yeah. points in the movie yeah and even if as he's struggling with, you know, dealing with the reality of what potentially could have happened, him yeah. reflecting back on their time together is what he's holding on to. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in the midst of all his sorrow and his grief, yeah. he chooses to latch on to the happier memories or the when they fall, fell in love or, you know, whatever the case is. Yeah. And it's yeah. it, the the story being split into those aspects where you still have the thriller of trying to chase down the information and and what happened Hmm. and then the flashing back and reflecting on the entire reason that we're not the entire reason, but a large motivation as to why we're in this situation currently. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah. I I like that device within the storytelling.
0: Yeah. I I think it works um, so well for what it's trying to get across, you know, because uh, this is an unusual male lead. This is a guy who, like his wife cheated on him. And his the guys are kind of um, surprised at how aggressive he is at trying to find out what happened or trying to continue her work. So it's an unusual male lead in a film. and mm-hmm. it, But it works. And he does such a great job in showing you why he loved her, why he was okay with what happened, why he understood what happened because of all the factors. And not many men would be willing to be so circumspect about a situation like this. Not to mention that he's also extremely intelligent. He's more reserved. He's not an emotional guy. He's an, he's, But he is like a battering ram of tenacity in trying to find out, both with Rachel Weiss when she was alive and then later when he's reflecting back and also kind of Pursuing this to find to uh, call them to heal, um, he's great. Uh, and yeah, it, 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 as, as I know, she won the Oscar for it, but like he was just as good in what he did in that movie. Uh, for yeah. me, it was very unusual and challenging film to watch uh, because of the way he plays that character and what happens with that character. I, yeah, I, in a good I,
1: way, yeah. the conflict that he has to to deal with, yeah, the internal of the unfaithfulness and what yeah, that yeah. means to you. It's kind of like what George Clooney does in the descendants.
0: Yeah. Right. Oh my God. Yes. That's yeah. a great point yeah, yeah, yeah. where
1: it's like, fuck you, but I still love you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And it's this push and pull of, I wish you were alive so I could yell at you. And yeah. I also wish you were alive so I could kiss you. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Great point. Yeah.
1: And great you just, point. this duality of the emotions it's, it's, it's like in an in inside, uh, inside out where, when the mm. little girl has to realize that certain memories are bittersweet. Yeah. And that is part of adulthood. Not everything is one, the the polarity of one or the other. Right. And the emotions that he's going through, these multifaceted things. And he pulls it off. You really buy mm-hmm. in those scenes and in the midst of trying to deal with pharmaceutical companies and governments and whatnot, oh, yeah. stifling the information that you're trying to attain and get out into the world. Yeah. Uh yeah, it was just a, but I don't know how many people will go back for it at this point. Yeah, I mean, because it's a tough
0: watch. It's a tough watch, um, and it's slow. It's not, and I don't mean slow in a bad way. It takes its time getting to where it's going, and it's not always the easiest thing to watch. But yeah, it's an excellent film. Um. All right. So, where are we up to?
1: Uh,
0: five. That was my five-year four. So year five. My five is the Prince of Egypt, which is a slight pun from earlier. Okay. Um, yeah, I love this film, man. I mean, this one just has a special place in my heart. Um, I think he does an incredible job as Moses. Um, I'll always, you know, I always think, I always talk about that Moses, is like Moses, as his voice kind of drifts off, screaming for his brother after Moses leaves Egypt. Um, it's a, it's a Ramses I've never seen in any version. It's a oh, Ramses yeah. who is really does love his brother, really looked up to his brother, really cared about his brother. And even though he wasn't his blood brother, he was raised as his brother, kind of like that Tom Hagen, Sonny thing in The Godfather. He, there is almost no difference in terms of the way they both feel towards their father. There is a real connection. And, um, mm-hmm. and he's genuinely heartbroken when he has to leave. And you see that Moses is kind of just, you know, I have to do this. I have to do this. I'm, my... My truth has been shattered. My world has been shattered. I've got to go off and figure this out. And Ramsey's like, no, stay here. I'll help you. We'll do it together. Like yeah. He's trying so hard. So that when he makes the turn, it's even more tragic because he's making the turn because he's trying to impress his father because his father didn't uh, love him the way or he didn't. He thinks his father didn't love him the way he loved Moses. So he feels he has to go, overcompensate. Uh, and in the overcompensation is where he has to battle with his feelings for Moses when he returns. So there's so much he's doing in these lines and in this voice and, and Kilmer too, for God's sakes, there's so much that's going on here that I think it's one of the most impressive voiceover performances in the last 30 years, in my opinion, you know, in a, in a, in a project, in a, with a character we've known and seen interpreted many times before on film. And. And it, it, it
1: You see the motivation of somebody like Ramesses, why he would be so distraught over losing someone like Moses because there's nobody else that he can talk to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like when you hear a a celebrity talk about how lonely fame is. Yeah. Because everybody that comes up to them wants something, whether it's a picture, an autograph, or to try and be best friends with. Right. As opposed to they don't view you as an individual, you are this idealized thing that's been marketed out into the world yeah yeah, yeah. and moses and rameses grew up together they know everything about each other he's their best friends yeah yeah uh and i think part of the reason that he struggles for his father's affection because his father's like look you have to take over from me one day and be god on earth mm-hmm. you need to understand that absurd idea and embrace it and believe it, live it everything if you don't believe it, no one else will type of thing. And to see Moses kind of embody his humanity and go off and and save his own people. Yeah. It's Ramsey's kind of looking in the mirror and not liking the reflection that he sees back.
0: Well, Ramses feels like he was forced to be a leader and Moses feels like he was called to be a leader, even though he didn't want, he's a reluctant leader. Whereas, and Rams isn't reluctant in a different way, but he's forced to do it. Whereas, and there's a difference, forced versus called, even though you're both reluctant, there's a different feeling that comes over you when your reluctant leader was called to do it. Um, and there's power in that. And yeah, and so the back and forth, and that scene after the son has died and he's standing and the spotlight is on him and he just says, just go. Like, you see the just devastation, like that There conflict has caused in the de- uh, which is the death of his son and that his own brother is the one that ends up causing the death of his own of his son is just such a great great stuff great stuff so that uh, ain't your brother is all I'm gonna say. Um,
1: all right which is uh, yeah, not bad yeah, but that brother. was also a different time yeah I know <laughs> you're, right, you're right like uh, what you need to come across or put across in front of, of a st- audience at that yeah. point. It's utterly different. You have to make him evil.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: It's just, yeah, it's more cartoonish. You yeah. go back and watch some early films and, they, I mean, it is ham-fisted, the storytelling, because mm. it's somewhat new medium.
0: Well, it's crazy, too, because they were creating complex, interesting, layered, nuanced characters back in the 30s and 40s and 50s in their movies. It's just that for the bigger,
1: biblical Yeah, for stuff. a production this yeah. size yeah, yeah, and yeah. a story this well-known.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's, you know, He's bad. Okay, well we, we're just going to play him as bad.
0: Get him out. Yeah, exactly, yeah. the whole thing. Um, all right, so we're up to your four,
1: yes? Uh, yeah, my four is, uh, I was shocked it made it this high, but uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. That's a punt. I figured it might be.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, my four is already the Constant Gardener, so we talked about that already. So
1: what's your three? Uh, my three is Quiz Show.
0: Oh, nice. I like that it's that high on your list. All right, let's talk about it.
1: Uh, Bobby did a good job directing this. <laughs> Bobby Redford. Um, it's not the flashier role, which goes to Turturro. Mm-hmm. He needs to play this somewhat internally conflicted individual. Yeah. Um, he does, which he does internal conflict. We've already talked about that yeah. a couple of different times before. Certainly. But he comes from like this well to do wasp family that everybody is learned and well known for being educated yeah. right 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 like everybody else so he has the pedigree of name is something that everybody recognizes as oh okay you're you know it's not quite einstein but that's what we're talking about if you had you know this a right. steve einstein you're instantly like oh this guy must be smart <laughs> and it's akin to that. Um, yeah, So he comes in and the producer's like, oh, this is the goose that laid the golden egg. It's perfect for our show. It'll yeah. help with ratings. And they elect to... This is all a true story, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Very true story, yes. They elect to feed him the answers and talk turo into taking a dive. Yeah. Turo's character had just been crushing, just promising, you take a dive and then we'll build it up. It's kind of like wrestling. Mm-hmm. We'll build it up and make the, you two these Big foes that eventually have to have a, a clash or a war on the shore situation. We'll do it at WrestleMania and we'll blow it out, you know, huge. So Sturro agrees to take the dive and then becomes disgruntled at the fact that pretty boy comes in and is fed all the answers. And meanwhile, this not as handsome Jewish guy from Brooklyn. Yeah is the lesser man because he's not, you know, the wasp ideal and finds initially doesn't mind getting the answers. Yeah. Yeah. He's happy with it. And then just the, the sham of it begins to wear on him. And he plays it so beautifully.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. The film is so surprisingly good. I was mad that it didn't do well in the box office. I was really upset about that. It was one of those ones that you're like more people need to fucking see this film you know, but I guess maybe beer, a period piece, maybe being something that people aren't too into the quiz show type stuff, maybe they don't want to see what's actually going on behind the scenes of something like this. They don't want to believe that what they're watching can be manipulated because um, I think it still happens to this day, in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I think this film is a fantastic performance by Ray Fines. Again, playing his American accent, yeah, not that great, but the way he plays this frustrated Son of someone famous. You know, and the way the film initially, it feels like the initially initially it's trying to forgive him and trying to give him an out. And Rob Morrow's character, and Rob rarely got to be on, you know, in, in films as a lead character. Rob Morrow's character gets caught up in this, and it's his wife who has to be like, dude, Calm here has to. So finds is so good at playing this character that you can't help yourself but start but start to sympathize with him. And then John Tortura as the counter is so great. But when you take a step back after the film is over, you understand that, like, you can see why Tortura's character went the route. As irritating as he was, he wasn't wrong. No, he was right. They they fucked him over. Scorsese and Hank there, they fucked him over. And, you know, there's there's lessons to be taken from this film symbolically or, you know, meaning-wise as well. The idea of a, a system abusing... Two people and not caring how they abuse them because in the end they were about making the money. Yeah. So whatever happens to them, mental health wise, they can just kind of escape and not pay a heavy fine for it and move on. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's not going to shut the company down. No, right. It just might prevent them from doing the exact same thing. Yeah, exactly. They'll just figure out a new way to do it. Yeah. Watching the movie, you don't want to like Turo because his character is so annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the whole time, as he's raising these objections, you're like, he's not wrong.
0: Yeah. He's not yeah. wrong. Yeah. Even though he took the answers, even though he did the dive, to his mind, he thought he was doing this for the betterment of the company and, of course, for himself, getting the glory and whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, it was well, that... somewhat self-serving. Yes. If they fulfilled their end of the bargain, which they right. didn't do. Right. And that's the only reason he's mad, is he didn't yeah. get his side of the
0: equation but when it all comes out that he was fed the answers that scene between him and his wife when in this train station when his wife says wait you had the answers she had been standing by him for all the bullshit it wasn't until that moment that she realized oh my god he is a lie he's he he is the exact same lie that he's claiming that van dorn is van dorn Mm -hmm. is and so how can he and it's so great but yeah but finds throughout i mean the scene's with Rob Morrow and the family when he's hanging out with uh, Van Doren's family and everything like that, out on the boat with him, uh, the conversation. And then at the end when they're having the back and forth about everything and when Fines has this explosion with his father. Um, oh God, I can't remember the actor's name. He plays Hamlet's dad in the Bell Gibson film. Schofield, Paul Schofield. Yeah, I think it's Paul Schofield. When he's having the back and forth with him and he explodes and he just says, because his dad doesn't want to, he doesn't understand how can you, Possibly do this as an intellectual? Did you think about our name and whatever? So, yeah, there's so much that is explored in this movie that I think is it, that I think Fine does a great job doing. Yeah. So, um, anyway, all right, where are we at? Uh, your your two, that was my three. Oh, so my three is the English patient, which is probably not on your list. It is not on my list. Yeah, yeah. I love this movie. I think it's, uh, I think I really, it was a hard thing not putting it number one, but I had to be honest. Um, but this is an incredible performance by him in a film that I thoroughly love. And I know it doesn't work for everybody, as Nost will attest. But for me, it does. And I really enjoy him, both in the burn makeup and outside the burn makeup. He's able to convey so such a depth of emotion or such a well of emotion for Kristen Scott Thomas's character and what they navigate throughout this illicit affair that they have. And the scene and the scenes where he gets like so desperate for her. And then the scene when he gets so angry that she's leaving him and the bitterness that is is exchanged between them. And then the scene when he carries her out of the cave, when he's crying after she says, you know, I've always kept it. I've always loved you. Just the devastation or the rocked devastation on his face. As he lets all this pain of years of loving her so much come out. I just think it's all so good just like when he's in the burn uh, makeup and he's having these conversations with Juliet and when he's like knocking down the morphine so she can kill him it's just great so I know you don't like it so I'm, I'm speaking to an audience here who, uh, but for me it just it's one of the best performances of his entire career and, yeah, Look, And um,
1: maybe I he's saw gorgeous. it too young an age yeah man uh-huh. and I wasn't emotionally developed enough <laughs> To get Shut invested in up. the film. Yeah, no, that's entirely possible. Sometimes adult <laughs> movies are too adult for, I mean, this came out in what, like 94? 95, I think. 95. 95. Yeah, 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 so I was like 16. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm way younger than you. Okay. You know what? <laughs> like, way younger. I can't
0: tell from that white beard you've got
1: growing in right what? now. Dude, yeah. this is double. What white? How dare you? Look at that. Where do you see the white? That's just like my Santa Claus over there. <laughs> oh don't even have this. It. Just stub. Oh,
0: it's ninety six. Sorry, ninety six. It's ninety six. Okay,
1: so I was seventeen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. couldn't vote. So. <laughs>
0: couldn't even. Vote. <clears throat> but yeah, it's a it's a beautiful film, and I think he's great in the tender moments and in the more emotional moments and the frustration moments, like when he's yelling because they won't give him a plane to go save Catherine. Um. Just all of that. It's it's such a fantastic performance. Powerhouse, I would say. Um, all right. So, what's your two? Uh,
1: my two is uh, I, I wrote down Harry Potter. Okay. You just put it just I do love well, This is, for the uh, series. So, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Goblet of Fire. That that first introduction to him mm. has real power. It does. You're right. And then the uh, Harry Potter. Yeah. The uh, fight in the ministry in the Order of Phoenix. Oh yeah, that's a
0: great, great it's a
1: fight, great scene. Yeah, agree. and the slight reveal of him to the minister, the head of it all, who had been denying that he'd come back, and then now yeah. is undeniable. But all that broken glass and all that you know nonsense, great. But I think you have to go Deathly Hallows.
0: Yeah, that's my. That's yeah. That's why yeah. I put that one. Yeah,
1: I think that's the because that's the biggest. And it's the culmination, and we're all leading to this, and he gets more time with Harry to have their big duel uh and all they that stuff. Sirius. But, they kill
0: Sirius. Yeah.
1: yeah? Um. Yeah. But this looming specter of Voldemort, the, who do you get for this? How in the world can you ever embody this? I never read the books, but I knew the name, right. and I knew what the figure is ultimately supposed to be, like in terms of, a larger than life presence that everybody cowers before. Yeah. And yeah. the the sheer fact that no one is willing to say his name aloud as if he's fucking candy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then to see Ray fines finally come onto the screen. Yeah. It was as good as advertised and his interpretation and portrayal sells this. Oh yeah. Skeletal uh, figure With like God those long Bony fingers As he's holding On to the wand Yeah And what they did The simple thing Of his nose Turning it mm-hmm. somewhat Reptilian But cutting it off That is Incredibly scary Yeah Without making A big huge gore fest Um, But it's his Mannerisms That Conjure up um, This This devilish Spectre yeah, and take it from the ethereal into the real and the yeah. manifestation of it before you has it, it's tough for me to recast him i can recast others in the series oh, much yeah. like the, the crown like yeah. oh yeah we could replace the queen with this other actress right, right. and she's awesome too and now we've had x number of awesome people playing this mm-hmm. which by the way Prince Charles has to be very happy with the casting of the season. (laughs) Moving on, yeah,
0: very happy. That dude is much better looking than
1: Prince. Much better looking. I would be happy if he played me because we look. I look as close to him as Prince Charles does.
0: Yeah, I think Josh O'Connor looked more like Charles than this guy does. But yeah, Yeah, not
1: even close. That dude was great casting as far as what you're looking for. Um, especially the ears. That's got to be the tallest order.
0: I mean, you could argue uh, Elizabeth Debicki is also much more attractive than even though Diana's pretty, Diana was very pretty. Debicki is like gorgeous, so
1: yeah. yeah, and you can tell she is very tall. Yes. I, I mean, I already knew that going into it, but I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. this is gonna be interesting. How are they gonna do? Oh, she is definitely taller than a lot of these actors in these, yeah, states.
0: yeah. Um, because what is she like 6'2? Yeah, something like that. Because I remember her in Tenet, she almost put her drink on top of Brana's head, she was so tall. <laughs>
1: I think it's part of the reason she got cast in the MCU is because of her height.
0: Oh, yeah, playing the, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The guy, the, it's just uh, she
1: already has this commanding presence because she's so tall. Yeah. And by and large, actors are, you know, short
0: individuals. Oh, is that true? Patty says, uh, John Mayer is played by, um, Sick Boy. Oh, is it Ewan Bremer? Ewan Bremer is playing, uh, Prime Minister. No, John no, Major? it's John, uh, Johnny Lee Miller. Oh, 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 that's Sick Boy. My bad. My yeah. bad. Johnny Lee Miller plays John Major. Wow. Dude, we're fucking old.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, they dyed his hair. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as he came on, they, uh, both Catherine and I were like, "Oh, sweet, I like him. God, good casting."
0: Are you enjoying how, how, how deep are you into it? Uh, you two into episodes it? in. Do you like it so far? The first. Two it's all episodes. right.
1: Let's see oh, where okay. it goes. All right. Look, I, I enjoy. I'm not a, a royal like someone that gets fascinated by that. Yeah. But they've see, done yeah, such am. a good job of kind of communicating what these people have to go through yeah yeah yeah. um that i I find the story even if i don't find it riveting i find it interesting wow look at him jesus yeah that's incredible. it's good casting it is good god is he more handsome yes but it's it's at least closer that's the original guy on the left and so Yeah. yeah it looks so close man wow but I, I didn't know he was in this series and he walked in and was like, Oh my God, is that majors or is, yeah. and then they you know, subtly referenced that he's prime minister. And was like, Oh majors. I haven't yeah. thought about that dude in fucking yeah, in a long time. decades. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd be curious uh, to see
0: if when they bring in Blair, Tony Blair, like who's going to play Tony Blair. If it's going to be, <laughs> if they bring Michael Sheen back again, one more time. Um, Sandy will anyway. be,
1: he- I mean, he's great. Michael Blair. Yeah. He is
0: a good Tony Blair.
1: Uh, um, probably. Yeah. Tony Blair, uh, a little too old at this point.
0: Yeah, we had to age him or whatever. Um, so that's your two is the Potter films overall. Yeah, I'll choose yeah. Deathly Hallows okay. Part Two. Yeah, yeah, same as me. Uh, uh the, my number two is the uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Okay, I actually rewatched it again because I have the Criterion. I actually watched it again to just kind of enjoy it again, and I hadn't seen it in a while. Fuck, he's good in this movie, man. He's, he's amazing. Just, he's so funny. He is so on point with his humor and shifting of emotions. And he is like the whole film, all this shit is happening around him and he's not rattled by any of it until it's the stuff with his uh, boy Zero, with Tony Rivellori. That's when you see the emotion of this guy actually come out in the couple of moments. But other than that, he's just kind of rolling with everything and he's so deft throughout the whole movie it's a joy to watch him play such a confident character throughout the whole film. Um, I, yeah. and, and a bit and a bit bumbly
1: at times but
0: bumbly in a good way, you know.
1: Yeah, I wish the whole movie was him. <laughs> That's my problem with Grand Budapest. Really? I wow. only want to see well him and I think Tilda's really good. Yeah, Tilda's great. Oh my god. Um but I just I I wish it was all I wish the camera focused on him instead of Zero. Mhm. And we told the story through his eyes. Gotcha. So you're not you're not the biggest fan of
0: what Zero is doing in that movie.
1: I don't honestly. I think everybody else is is okay to good. Okay. I think Defoe is good. Yeah.
0: You don't like Brody. You don't like Brody in the film.
1: Eh, he's good. <laughs> I just I think Ray Fiennes is otherworldly. Oh, fair. That's the fair. only reason this movie even remotely makes consideration. Because I think if you cast somebody else, I'm out.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Because Wes Anderson, at this point, uh, slowly but surely, I'm just kind of like I, I'm not as big a fan anymore. Oh, you're,
0: lo- you're losing your
1: uh, yeah. I from- just don't. I don't care. I, I understand your quirky, interesting world. I haven't seen French Dispatch yet, and I don't care if I do.
0: Yeah, I haven't either. I I know it's on Pe- uh, Peacock or Hulu, and I keep telling Lindley like, "We should go. We got to watch it. We got to watch it." And she's like, "Oh yeah, that's
1: right." But we never kind of. I Find the motivation to watch it. So I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Hey, it's another quirky Wes Anderson. It's like, right. I don't know. I've seen that from you, man, at this point. Right. It's good point. Uh, it's good point. And at the same time, like if other people enjoy it, I'm not knocking it, you know. Oh, sure. sure. I'm glad he's got an audience just like uh, any other artist. And uh, yeah, I wish him nothing but luck. It's just, uh, I don't know, some something different for me. Yeah. But at the same time, make movies for you. Uh, you know,
0: the thing I I found out after Angela Lansbury died was that she was, they were trying to get her to play the Tilda Swinton part. They wanted it to be her, Uh but she dropped out because she was doing a production of driving Miss Daisy on stage. So she didn't do it. They couldn't, she couldn't break away from that rehearsal. God, that's fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, Tilda's Tilda's great. She is, but Angela would have been, it'd have been nice to see Angela. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a good part for her? Because it's a mystery
0: film. You know, they're trying to figure True. out how this all happened. So, yeah.
1: But, yeah, I mean, Rafe is next level yeah. as far as the comedy. Yeah. When they're in the hotel foyer and they're all talking <laughs> like with the cops and then he just bolts out of nowhere. That's such good comedy. It's such good comedy. <laughs> oh, no. And he he's on the run. He's, up he's, the running. Stairs and he's running. <laughs> it's almost a like a cartoon character. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It just goes from like this yeah. calm composed yeah. to <laughs> as he's making the shift goes wide-eyed and turns into almost like a Tex Avery cartoon <laughs> and bolts and just like that's that is just chef's kiss comedy. I agree hundred <laughs> percent. Um all right, so then our number
0: ones, I imagine, are the same. With shh sh- right, Schindler's List, yes. Schindler's List. Yeah, yeah. I
1: mean that was that was yeah. the easiest. I reordered yeah. my list like four times. Mm. Uh Grand Budapest just kind of cl- kept climbing and I was like yeah. even if it is you know if it's zero's film technically eh. but Schindler's is I mean that is an unforgiving part. And he is captivating in all yeah. the worst ways.
0: Yeah, I mean look There were so many Holocaust films and so many films about Nazis and stuff. It can kind of blend into themselves because there are so many of them. Mm -hmm. But what makes him stand out is it's such an unusual portrait of a Nazi that mixes the chilling, really chilling um, approach to how he deals with Jewish people. And then this idea that he can be convinced to be somewhat forgiving and what Oscar tries to do when he's like, okay, I forgive you. I forgive you. And then when he, when he changes back over when he realizes he can't be this thing because he tried it out, there's a, there's a real sense of sociopathy to him because I or I guess psychopathy. I don't know. Psychopathy, sociopathy. We could argue that, but it's more sociopathy. I think he doesn't have a connection to these people as human beings. And so for him to forgive them, initially, when he's trying that route, he's kind of... Okay. And then, boom, when he makes the switch, the switch is so brutal. It is almost as if to make up for the lost time that he wasted yeah. doing that. And then the relationship that he has with Embeth Beth Davids, the Jewish maid, like, he whips her because he wants to whip himself. Yeah, so he hates himself. He hates himself, right, for, for loving her because she's Jewish and he's not supposed to. And so... Well, it's it's the fucked up shit that went on back then. I'm but sure. It was you a and lot her of- is human.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. where like his internal conflict starts. Yeah. Is yeah, yeah. I, I'm supposed to recognize you as no no better than a rat. Yeah, right. And yeah. then to on top of that, be attracted to you. Yeah. And to have feelings and right. I hate with- you
0: for making me feel this way, which violates what I'm supposed to believe. Exactly. I must destroy you, but I still love you, so I can't kill you. It it's the,
1: the brainwashing it but going clockwise and now he's trying yeah. to respin it counter and he's upset yeah, with yeah. himself. Good point. No, well, no, no, it doesn't go that way. <laughs> the Coriolis effect. We're in the northern hemisphere. It only goes <laughs> clockwise. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: but I mean the 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 thing with the nap, the thing sorry with the handkerchief and the stuff with him and him and Oscar having those conversations. Because he's not a it's not that he's I'm not gonna say this, he's not a intelligent man. He is somewhat of a smart man, but he's not that smart. So Oscar can ha- can get the best of him. You believe that he can get the best of him, and I think that's a very difficult role to play for someone like uh, for someone like Ray Fiennes, who radiates that kind of intelligence. To have him play that character in a way that's just semi dumb in certain ways, but in other what? ways so very clear about what he's doing.
1: You know. But he's already been manipulated to this degree yes, by the right. propaganda by the, from Gehring yeah, and everybody else,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, to get you to this point. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, okay, well, if you can fall victim to that, then the influence of another strong individual uh, like Oscar Schindler, yeah, 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 you can fall victim to that. I mean, when he's just sitting up on his deck
0: mm-hmm. and
1: callously picking off people with yeah. his oh, rifle, God. and just casually smoking a cigarette and then putting the cigarette down and going back to the scope just uh i mean yes
0: to me psychopathy is him going after them on purpose and enjoying for him i think he's more of a sociopath in that it's just a game to him and they don't matter well it's divorced of emotion yeah exactly totally divorced of emotion doesn't see them as human yeah so
1: yeah, they're, they're beyond lesser than they're not even worthy of consideration yeah and that is a incredibly fucked up place to yeah. exist in where you can see your fellow man and be like nope yeah. we're not the same like really uh yeah. what is the difference
0: i think that's what uh, i feel encouraged about you know the midterms because i thought that's what essentially i don't want get political but like I thought that's what we were sliding into as a country. And I feel like this, the way things went down, although it didn't hundred percent go the way that I was hoping it would go. I, I still feel like I come out with a little more hope than I thought because we've become so tribal. Look, and me too. I I would totally dial into this. We become so tribal that we start to remove the humanity of the other side. Mm -hmm. um, Yet somehow go to church, you know, I don't know how you can you know connect those two, but we remove the humanity of the other side uh, and um, essentially turn them into that. Lesser than, not human, not real, um, it, irrelevant to your life or something you don't need to listen to. And that that's what I was afraid we were kind of sliding into. And I think it's coming out of the midterms. And they're still a, you know, up in the air a little bit, about who's in control of what. Uh, I was surprised at how... Um, the fight back happened, and I appreciated that. And so I'm hoping that something positive that could stem the tide of where I feel we were going, and because I think we were heading towards um, that kind of thing that you see in um, in in Schindler's List, and that was that's really scary. I because uh, I don't ever want us to get to that place. So just a little diatribe there.
1: Yeah, but, I mean people are people, so it's entirely possible that we could have the same cognitive dissonance again. Yeah.
0: Um, that's why we have to be hyper-aware to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, all right. Well, there we go. That's our uh top 10 um movies of Ray Fines. We're gonna put this list together and count it down. Uh there is our final list. I'm grabbing the bar goes. Les right, bongos. Les
1: bongos. I think it probably goes Schindler's Grand Budapest. Hmm. Potter? No. Um, sure. Yeah, yeah. Deathly Hallows, okay. two. Where do you have Quiz Show? I have Quiz Show at six.
0: I have Constant Gardener at four.
1: All right. So I think it goes Quiz Show, then Constant Gardener. Okay. Because that's three, six versus four, five. Gotcha. Uh Prince of Egypt is 6-5? Yeah. All right, so Prince of Egypt next.
0: Okay, so where are we at number-wise?
1: That's 1 through 6. Okay. I'd like we to have... get my number 3 on there. What's your 3? English Patient? Um. Sure. Man, you know. We're pretty low. All now. right, so then I would say we both have Red Dragon at 7. I'll put that at 8. Yeah, okay. And then... We, do we Bruges. both have in I thought we had in Yeah, I got it yeah. at eight. Yeah. All right, so that becomes nine. Okay. So then I don't think we have anything else in common. So then what's your okay. next highest? Mine's nine.
0: Um, I don't, yeah, let's see. We've got Schindler's List, Grand Budapest, English Patient, Constant Gardener, Prince of Egypt, Quiz Show, Red Dragon, and Bruges. Yeah, it's Strange Days at 10. So if you've got something higher than 10, it's yours. Uh, I put Skyfall, so we'll okay. put Skyfall there. We'll do it. Easy peasy. All right, let's do this thing. The top 10 Ray Fiennes movies, yeah. At number 10. Skyfall.
1: At number nine. In Bruges. At number eight. Uh, The Red Dragon. At number seven. The English Patient. At number six. The Prince of Egypt. At number five. The Constant Gardener. At number four. Quiz Show. At number three. Uh, The Deathly Hallows Part Two. At number two. The Grand Budapest Hotel.
0: And our number one Ray Fiennes movie is? Is Schindler's List. Schindler's List. (laughs) Um, Enjoy the moggos, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I don't know how much longer I'll be able to do them from the house because I don't know who's going to move in next door to us. People moved out who didn't mind the bongos and i don't know if new neighbors will mind the bongos we shall see hopefully not but i'm trying to prepare myself for everything mentally because you never know how much people can deal with a guy who records a bunch of youtube shows out of his office right next to a window that can probably be heard in their kitchen uh so i have to be aware of that is there
1: distance between the window in their place
0: there's this me yeah the window there's like maybe 3 4 feet to the fence and then 3 feet after that 3 4 feet after to the to the house All but right. we can we were able to hear them in their kitchen at times so i hope uh, so i just kind of prepare for that mentally so huh. we'll see
1: we'll see that's surprising
0: i don't know maybe may, you know maybe not maybe not we'll see maybe maybe
1: they're just loud people <laughs> could be well like you got fly. 6 feet with two walls that seems yeah. kind of surprising that you could hear them that regularly. Okay. I mean, you might be right,
0: dude. You might be right.
1: Or it's a sign of how shittily they made those places and the walls are just paper thin. And mm. uh, I can't imagine, though, you live in a good area.
0: So. Yeah, we do. We do. Um, all right. Well, there we go. That's our list here. Thank you all so much for uh, joining us. Who joined us live. We appreciate it. Uh, Paul Cree and James Petty and Matthew Hasso and Drew Ends. You guys are awesome. To everyone who is a $10 above patron, thanks very much for uh, listening. You can always watch this, even if you can't join us live, if you're a $10 above patron, because you get the unlisted link. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you can always watch it before the Tuesday drop. Um, So just let you all know if you're $10 above. Uh, Matt, what else do we have to tell uh, our fine folks?
1: Well, uh, you or anybody can watch this over at uh, youtube.com forward slash uh, top 10 podcast with the number 10. And so hit us up over there. Otherwise on Twitter, it's at top 10 show all spelled out. And if you'd like to watch live head over to patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10 and uh, join us over there. And uh, you can follow me anywhere at Madnos to check out my other show. Settle the score. You can search for that anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube. It is youtube.com forward slash Nose. So please come join us over there.
0: Yeah, that's for me. You can follow me at The Roca Says on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The Outlaw Nation on Twitch, my YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash John and uh, all the podcasts I do: The Cinephiles, The Geek Buddies, The Hot Mic. Um, those are out there for you all. And as I said earlier, uh, I've created my own sports channel uh, and my own wrestling channel. So go and find Game Time Sports Channel on YouTube and the, the Strong Styles Wrestling Channel on YouTube if you want to uh, see more of what we got going on there. Um, All right, that's it. Uh, Y'all take care of yourselves. uh, Be well, and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the Top 10. Peace.